Hello and welcome to UPL Insights, a digital media series from UPL, led by our teams changing the game for farmers across the African continent. My name is Florent Claire and we are recording this new episode ahead of the World Cocoa Foundation annual partnership meeting to which UPL will be participating. Today I'm joined by Tim McCoy, who is based in Abidjan and has nearly nine years experience in the cocoa sector. Tim serves as Vice President for Country Relations at the World Cocoa Foundation and as a part of the WCF's representation of the cocoa industry, Tim's role is to guide the WCF's high-level policy dialogue and government relations with a focus on Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire. His experience gives us a fascinating insight into the topic that we will be exploring today and will help us answer the challenging question of what does sustainability mean in the cocoa sector? In fact, what does sustainability mean at all? I was in a meeting once with an academic who said, sustainability is a word with no single meaning, which is why everyone can agree on it. I think she was only half joking because It does seem that the definition can change according to different countries, business areas, and even different crops. So maybe the better question for sustainability in the cocoa sector is to look at the problems we're trying to solve, the things we're trying to protect, and the outcomes we're trying to preserve. In the cocoa sector, this can be a very long list, and I'm grateful today to explore the work that is being led by the WCF, and also to delve into some of the industry-wide coalitions that have made commitments around responsible business like the Cocoa and Forest Initiative, of which UPL is also a signatory. Because from fair pricing for cocoa beans and sustainable farm practices to deforestation and child labor, There is no such thing as a minor concern in the cocoa trade, and there are countless examples that show that best way to protect and preserve is to work together. So I'd like to start by asking our guest today, what does cocoa sustainability mean to you and to the people you represent? Thank you, Flo And before I respond to the question, I, I do want to thank you and your company for your support and participation over the years in, in WCF's annual partnership meeting, which of course is a really unique event that allows for the private sector to come together to discuss this range of sustainability issues that you've alluded to in your, in your, opening, in your opening comments. So again, thank you for all the support over the years. In terms of what sustainability means to the World Cocoa Foundation, in fact, that's a question that we've been giving a lot of thought to over the past three to four years as we've looked back over lessons learned uh, over the past couple of decades even and, and thought anew about our strategy and our approach to, uh, to the key sustainability questions that are confronting the cocoa sector and in fact have confronted the cocoa sector for a long time. So if you, if you look at issues like a sustainable production, a sustainable pl supply chain, sustainable consumption, and, and a, an overall Uh, strategic approach to management of the sector, these are some sort of headlines that provide some idea of how we define sustainability and the challenges uh, associated with it. More specifically, some of our, our key goals uh, in terms of sustainability are 
uh, achieving a cocoa sector where farmers are able to prosper, where their, their businesses are seen in, in a modernized manner, where farmers view cocoa farming as a business that delivers a sustainable livelihood. Of course, farmers and their families live, live in communities, and we see uh, empowered communities as a second key pillar to a sustainable future uh, for the cocoa sector, where human rights are protected, the safety and well-being of children uh, and families are strengthened. And then the third major, uh, the, the third major pillar, the third major way that the, w, the WCF has of looking at cocoa sustainability focuses on the planet, of course, on which we all live, and indeed on which all cocoa trees grow. And so we look forward to uh, a future where uh, the planet's health is conserved and enhanced. Uh, there's re uh, uh, resilient and, and diverse uh, landscapes, uh, biodiverse landscapes, and where, of course, the sector has a reduced carbon footprint. So those are some of the high-level ways that we look uh, at sustainability, and indeed we're, we're in the process of putting into place a new strategy that addresses all of those key elements that I just touched on, prosperous farmers, empowered communities, and a healthy planet. Thanks, Tim. That's uh, fascinating and, and such, such a wide scope of, of challenges as sustainability to, to tackle. And uh, I'm not even sure that the cocoa industry alone can, uh, can change that. Uh, what I hear from you is that uh, the challenges you mentioned concern both the public and the private sector. So I would love to hear about how WCF uh, work with these uh, partners. What is uh, your strategic uh, approach? What are your priorities and, and uh, the approaches to help overcome these issues actually? Florian, you're exactly right. This, is, this, this, this issue of cocoa sustainability and achieving a sustainable cocoa sector is, is, is a tremendous undertaking. And indeed, it requires the, the contributions, the expertise, the talents of many different stakeholders, and not just those that can be found in the, in the chocolate and cocoa sector. The World Cocoa Foundation, nearly since our beginning, uh, has in fact championed the idea of public-private partnerships. So where the, the talents, the expertise, the resources of industry are put together with the talents, the resources, and the expertise of uh, partners in government, for example. Uh, we see that uh, it's absolutely essential that industry and government work closely together to achieve these key, uh, these, uh, these key objectives in sustainability. In a country like Cote d'Ivoire or in neighboring Ghana, cocoa is too important of a crop for both countries for the government to not play a role. And as, as you'll know well, uh, government does indeed play a big role. So it makes perfect sense that industry and government uh, would partner together on building new multi-stakeholder collaboration and partnerships, uh, in working together to design effective government policies and regulatory frameworks, and indeed, in, in, in aligning public-private sector investments and coordinating those investments so that uh, maximum, maximum impact is achieved. Excellent. Can you, uh, can you maybe um, give us a few examples of um, the main initiatives and, and programs uh, that, that the cocoa sector has, has shaped and, and worked on uh, uh, in a coalition, because I think 
which is quite unique and nice about the cocoa sector is how the, the whole industry uh, has learned to, to work collectively in a pre-competitive approach to, to tackle these challenges. So if you can take us through uh, uh, the major uh, programs that, um, that you have worked on in the last uh, nine years, uh, just uh, to give us a, an idea. Well, oh, thanks. Over the over the course of nine years, of course, there's there there are quite a range of different programs, and and all of these programs have I think provided a strong foundation uh, for the World Cocoa Foundation and our members to uh, better understand indeed what is meant by something like uh, pre-competitive or non-competitive collaboration uh, around different programs to advance sustainability in the sector. I think back to the Cocoa Livelihoods Program, which was uh, co-funded by industry and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation with, of course, involvement by, by government as well. Uh, and that, that program laid the foundation for collaborative work on issues like improving farmer livelihoods in uh, use of improved planting materials, in diversifying income at the farm level, again, with an eye on improving farmer livelihoods. Uh, we've, we've worked together on social development programs, again, with a public-private partnership approach uh, where we've received funding from uh, the U.S. Agency for International Development, for example, uh, also from, from industry to, uh, to, to undertake programs aimed at uh, edu educating children in cocoa-growing communities, empowering women through uh, structures called Village Savings and Loans Associations, where concepts such as better management of money and, and, uh, and provision of microloans and microcredit is made possible in cocoa growing communities to improve the, livelihood of cocoa, the livelihoods of cocoa growing families. More recently, uh, we've been deeply involved in uh, a major initiative called the Cocoa and Forest Initiative, where industry has come together with government and signed an ambitious uh, framework of action that aims to eliminate cocoa-related deforestation in the supply chain. Uh, this was a carefully negotiated framework where there was very intense discussion and negotiations on both sides, uh, and finally we were able to arrive at, at an agreement on the key elements of what the framework uh, would look like, and we're now in the process of putting together this really unprecedented uh, effort to, again, stop deforestation uh, in the supply chain. Uh, we are currently in discussions to do a similar, similar and similarly ambitious initiative around child labor where we would look to dramatically scale up industries, uh, industries investments in child labor monitoring and remediation systems in their supply chains, where we would look at uh, scaling up uh, industry support for education, uh, support for construction of, of education infrastructure, and other elements that are deemed to be amongst the root causes of child labor, which of course is a, is a major challenge for the sector. So those are just a few examples spread out over the course of, of about nine years, looking back to uh, say around 2011, 2012, and bringing you right up through, uh, through, through, the, through the present moment. True, yeah, so many, so many initiatives, uh, brilliant, uh, brilliant work of the WCF over the years, I must say, and UPL is, is so proud of, of being uh, just a part of the solution, uh, probably on, on the productivity aspects uh, to provide the right uh, inputs and, and support services to grow more cocoa on less land 
and, and also to support farmers in, in the diversification of their income with the, the introduction of the, of the food crops. Um, so to, uh, to take a different angle, uh, 2020 uh, can probably be elected as the, the toughest year that the, the humanity has faced in the, in the, first, in the 21st century. Uh, and this is uh, mostly due to the, the impact of the COVID-19 on our health and, and economies. Uh, the African continent has shown great resilience and adaptation, though, uh, as the impact of the disease on the continent were much less than expected. Uh, would you say that COVID-19 has had any impact on the life of cocoa farmers? Well, uh, sure, and, and I agree with you, Florent, uh, what a challenging year this has been, uh, whether in Europe, North America, Asia, or here in Africa. And, and, and yes, at least so far, uh, according to reports, the impact of COVID has been less in Africa than, uh, than was feared initially. Nevertheless, there has been an impact here. This has dramatically affected the way people go about their, their normal lives. Of course, uh, one can easily imagine uh, families living in rural areas uh, all of a sudden hearing about this virus, this potentially lethal virus that's coming from who knows where and, and, and the kind of just fear and concern that that might uh, initially instill in, in, in farming families right across the cocoa-growing regions of Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, beyond that, I think we, we also are concerned about the potential uh, commercial impact of, of COVID or economic impact of, of COVID. Uh, we've, of course, seen a, seen a downturn in uh, the economies in Europe, North America, and Asia. These are major uh, cocoa and chocolate-consuming regions of the world and of course as demand as as consumption falls demand for cocoa is going to fall so there are con some concerns that the reduced demand for chocolate and cocoa products uh, will ultimately lead to reduced demand for cocoa and then of course that has an impact on farmers uh, farmers revenues their on their pockets so to speak so that's something we're continuing to keep an eye open for uh, and you will have seen how the governments in both Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire have taken measures to try to, um, uh, to try to support farmer incomes during this period of COVID. Uh, the industry is also very aware of the health impact, of course, in, in, in the potential health impact in cocoa growing communities. And that's why earlier this year, uh, industry uh, raised over $800,000 to support uh, anti-COVID 19 efforts in cocoa growing communities in a number of, of producing countries, providing things like uh, awareness raising information uh, and messaging, uh, providing hand washing stations and uh, antibacterial soaps in, in, in cocoa growing communities and in schools in, in those communities. And, and in that effort, uh, we again uh, leveraged our, our approach of a public par private partnership. We, of course, knew there was a need. Uh, we knew that there were uh, great partners like Care Cote d'Ivoire and Care Ghana that were well-placed to deliver these supplies and this information in communities, but we of course wanted to consult with the government. Uh, and so we had intensive conversations with the Conseil du Café Cacao uh, and the Ministry of Health and Public Hygiene here in Cote d'Ivoire, uh, both of which helped us understand better the way the, the, the epidemic was, is playing out on the ground and helped guide us in terms of where 
our, uh, our support was ultimately focused in the communities that received it. Thank you, Tim. Very, very interesting. So looking back at, uh, at what has been achieved uh, over the last uh, 10 or 15 years, uh, uh, during which the, the cocoa sector has, has really invested a lot of efforts into uh, the sustainability programs, um, if we project ourselves in the future, what uh, should the cocoa sector look like in 20 years' time, in your opinion? Well, none of us has a has a crystal ball, as the saying goes. So we can't we can't with certainty predict the future. And indeed, in, at times over the past decade, I I know that some of our predictions and some of our objectives have been affected and ultimately altered uh, by changes in the sector. Uh, but having said that, uh, I would I would come to three uh, come back again to the three major strategic fo uh, focus areas for the World Cocoa Foundation: prosperous farmers empowered communities and a healthy planet. Uh, for prosperous farmers, I think we absolutely would want to see a future where the net household income uh, in, in the cocoa supply chain is increased significantly to address some of the revenue issues that we all recognize are present in cocoa growing communities. Uh, you touched earlier on productivity. Increased productivity is thought to be one way where uh, one way by which farmers can improve their revenue and improve uh, their overall approach to uh, growing cocoa on less land. So those are two key areas under what we call the prosperous farmers pillar, uh, where 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 we see a where, where we see the future. On empowered communities, of course, this problem, the scourge of child labor in the cocoa supply chain, is a major reputational risk for the for the sector. Uh, and, and is not a sustainable future, uh, even at the family and community level. So the elimination of the worst forms of child labor in the cocoa supply chain, and especially the elimination of any forced labor in the supply chain, uh, is one of the major objectives as we look, as we look to the future. And more broadly, putting into, making sure that in cocoa growing communities, children have uh, the have the the are able to realize their potential. That children, for example, are provided birth certificates uh, so that they can access schooling in in their communities. Just to name one example, and and of course, both countries, to their great credit, have uh, ambitious, uh, robust national action plans on child labor in place, and of course, achieving the objectives that are laid out in those national action plans will contribute to the, to the future that we, that we very much want to see for the sector when it comes to the issue of child labor. And then finally, on Healthy Planet, um, we've already established the, the ambitious goal of zero deforestation in the cocoa supply chain, and achieving that uh, will help pave the, pave the way for a better future for the overall uh, for the overall cocoa sector, and then going beyond that, where where lands have been deforested or degraded uh, because of cocoa production, uh, making sure that those that those lands are either reforested or are 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 upgraded in a way that realizes their best potential in an environmentally friendly way. Uh, so those are some again fairly high level, definitely ambitious ways that we're looking at the future of the sector. Yes, fairly ambitious indeed. So uh, good luck with all that, uh, Tim, and, uh, and we will be supporting uh, the efforts of the industry 
for a, a better uh, cocoa sector in the future. Thank you so much uh, for, for taking us through the topic of sustainability in the cocoa sector team uh, today and uh, to some of the work you are leading with cocoa industry and public and private partners. To find out more about UPL work on cocoa sustainability and to read about our work with the Cocoa and Forest Initiative, you can click the link in the description of this video. You can also subscribe to this channel to follow our full podcast series for the WCF partnership meeting and previous episode. Thank you and see you on the next one.